Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Once again, it is Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is time for the best sports show on radio. This is Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And once again, this is Dead End Sports. We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Give us a call, 646-478-0356. We will be rocking with you up until... 11 p.m. Once again, I am your host, 12 Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. The phone number again to call in, 646-478-0356. We ask that you not just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. A couple of ways you can participate in tonight's discussion. Uh, Just log into the chat room. The chat room is always open and interactive. Create a profile for yourself and participate in tonight's discussion. Or you can hit us up. Hit the show up on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show at Dead End Sports. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, that would be me and my co-host. Uh, you can follow Ken. That's K-B-I-N-G-E uh, on Twitter uh, at FIFO247 and at BZ430. And you can also follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K. Y-L-E. Again, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, so in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash sports. So without further ado, let's bring on tonight's co-host. Uh, you know these guys. You know them well from uh, Dead End Hip Hop and right here also on Dead End Sports. Uh, let's bring in FIFO, Ken, and BZ. Fellas, what's going on? Good. What's happening? What's happening? What up, what up? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Now, where's B? I thought I heard B. No, that's your boy, Cecil, man. Oh. <laughs> I don't see B. What the hell is B? 
Oh, he's going to get fined for this. <laughs> <laughs> the first dead end sports fine. We got an issue of fine. The commissioner go bring down the fines uh, later on this week. Uh, so hopefully, uh, I know he got the tweet, so hopefully B will be uh, calling in in just a second. Again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. We will be rocking with you up until uh, 11 p.m., two straight hours, dead end sports. Uh, tell a friend and tell a friend that the boys are on the air again. Uh, once again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. Um, crazy, crazy weekend sports, man. Crazy weekend sports, man. You guys ready to get it started, man? Yes, yeah, I am, Kyle. Um, you know, before we kick it off, I just want to let all the, the callers know that the uh, the official Dead End Sports Facebook page is up and running. Along with the Dead End Sports Instagram, so if you're out there listening right now, make, make sure you go like the page, participate in the conversations on there, and also like us on Instagram as well. So uh, there you go. Yeah, there that's you it. Oh, Pinterest too. We we live on Pinterest as well. Okay, okay, man. We all over the place. <laughs> you know, man. <laughs> hey, no such thing as overexposure. I say, I tell you, I say that all the time. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Give us a call. Um, I guess let's start, man. Like I said, it was a crazy week. This is, we just completed week ten and week eleven uh, of the NFL and, and college football, respectively. Uh, week two of the NBA season. Um, crazy stories. Uh, you know the, the story that won't go away. The Richie Incognito, John Martin story. Uh, we're going to touch on that. We're going to talk on talk about the NFL college football um get a little baseball talk in here as well um so don't just don't just listen to the show be a part of the show give us a call three four excuse me uh six four six four seven eight zero three five six um let's start with college man let's start with college college football um crazy crazy week uh last week starting off with the uh the thursday night games where um you saw stanford uh take out uh the number three team oregon um so what stood out to and I'll start with you first, FIFA. What what stood out to you this past weekend at college football? Man, you know, college football. You know, sometimes you're gonna have blowouts that are expected, and sometimes you're gonna have blowouts that was just like, yo, where the hell did that come from? And you know, this week, man, I, I, I'm gonna just say this: I'm disappointed in Miami, man. <laughs> no, that's all I'm saying, man. I'm I'm just disappointed in Miami dog. I just I don't I don't get that. And Miami lost to who did they lose to? Was Wake? No, 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 no. Florida State put the beat down on Wake uh, this week, last weekend. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm getting confused. My, who did Miami lose to? Because I remember the game was on TV, but I didn't I didn't see much of it. Man, it, it it don't even matter. I, I don't even want to put that other school in there because, look, man, we, we, we weren't supposed to lose by no damn 30. Look, 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 I'm done. Miami, what's good, man? What's good? You're not supposed to be doing that. Oh, man. Yeah, man. I don't know who they lost to either, but I, I just know I looked up and, and they were just getting smashed. I was like, ooh, 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 kill them. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> oh man! So what, what about you, Ken? What, what stood out to you this past weekend in college football? 
You can run on Alabama if you run tough and you run hard and you, you know, you and you vary up where you run. Mm-hmm. You can run on them boys. LSU were running on them boys up and down down the field. Of course, you know, we all know they shot themselves in the foot. But they showed that you can move the ball on Alabama if you have the offense to do it. So you can run and you can also throw. So if you have the type of team that has a pretty good offense, you'll succeed. And I think Miami has a – because Miami's been playing – I mean, Alabama has been playing a lot of – scrubs. So when they kind of step it up to competition, sometimes it takes them a minute to adjust. And they get lucky breaks. They get a fumble at the freaking one-yard line. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. That kid was going in, too. Yeah, he was going in. Like, that does Oh, oh. And they love to try to strip the ball, so that's a technique. So, obviously, a good coach will point that out and tell people to protect the ball. But, you know, yeah, man, LSU, they were moving the ball, and they were really in that game until, you know, it just... That fourth, you know, the fourth down fake punt, and then it just, it, it just took the momentum out of LSU, and I think they just were like, damn, man, it, you know, we, we, what can we do? And then after that, it, it was over. So you got to strike Alabama, you got to make Alabama be in a game for four quarters. You got to make them, you got to put pressure on Alabama to make them think they're in a the game because once they start putting points on the board, it's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. That's a good point, man. I, I thought, uh, and, and we talk, we tweeted about it during the game, man. It is you, you can't go field goal for field goal. You got to put up. It's got to be six. And um, you know, unfortunately, LSU just didn't have enough to. Or I think they had enough to, you know, definitely run with them. But um, big rivalry game, and you know, I just, I, you know, that game got out of hand real quick. You know, in the second half, and they, I think they just kind of wore them out. Um, now, uh, welcome into the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and gar- girls, uh, live from the D. <laughs> Mr. B, B, what's up, man? What's going on? What's up? Cal you you, you will be five. experiencing the first Dead End Sports Five for for lateness, bro. I know, man. I was I was up here. I was packing my little suitcase and I forgot. Like, oh my god! I said I saw nine hundred four. I said shit. <laughs> <laughs> So as far as college football, man, what stood out to you this past weekend? A uh, couple things stood out to me. One, I mean, do Texas A&M play defense at all? Like, I think None this was like what, like the, like the what, fourth time or fifth time in this year that a squad scored like thirty-five plus on them easy. Like they're scoring fifty-one points, but then I see Mississippi State score forty-one. I'm like, well, damn, Texas A&M, where was the defense? And another mm-hmm. one is um. Another one is that I remember I talked about this matchup like a few weeks ago. Uh, Stanford and Oregon. Oregon mm-hmm. looks so they look so average against Stanford, like so average. And I remember, and you know what, Ken, you, I give you props. You was right because I remember when I was like, man, it's Oregon for real, it's Oregon for real. And you know, Ken was like, well, this is the same old Oregon. They gonna blow fools out, and then when they play somebody a real opponent, they lose. And and they play number five Stanford, you know, and they got popped. They looked so average. You talking about a team that averaged like fifty points. 50, 50 points per week, and they score only 20 points. So that Texas A&M not playing defense, and Stanford beating, you know, number three Oregon, which pretty much takes them out to BCS, you know, or even a shot to play for national title. So, you know, those couple of things right there stood out between college football this season. Yeah, I think for me, man, it was uh... – <laughs> Oh, Lord. I, I just see the tweet. 
Uh, Miami got beat by Virginia Tech. If he would have won it, meant to it. <laughs>
Number two team, baby. And then uh, after that game, we got uh, we got Duke and Duke, um, Duke and Kansas. And Duke Kansas. And Kansas. So, yes, sir. You know, <laughs> someone, uh, uh, I think Jay Billis tweeted earlier. He said he said this is the the NBA's green room for next year. Is on the, we're, we're going to see them on the floor tonight. So um, that's what we're looking at. Right. So uh, hey, I have a, a question. Um, Go ahead. Because B, you, you brought up something that I thought was 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 interesting when you we mentioned um, Texas A&M uh-huh. and their inability to play defense. And I'm I was looking at the stats. They showed up the Heisman race, and you know Johnny Manziel has what 39 total touchdowns this year. Uh, yeah, that's freaking <laughs> yeah. crazy. But yep. is are those numbers inflated by? The level of competition he's played, in addition to him having to score as many points as he he's needed to win. Oh, because he's in the SEC now. Yeah, I mean because you know they can't. Yeah, I mean you think about it, he has to really throw up four or five touchdowns in order to win the games. Now that speaks to his level of of, of you know that speaks to him as a competitor. And he's able to go out there and do and basically carry that team. But at the same time, his level of competition isn't that high. What, they have three losses on the year. Right. And um, and I don't know. I, I was just wondering about that. When I saw those numbers, I was like, man, that's crazy. But when I also think about Texas A&M, I'm like, well, I don't know if they're really is, is that good of a team. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't yeah. know. It was just something I, 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 I saw it. It kind of crossed my mind. And I was like... And I just kind of wondered about it. So, am I the only one, you know, wrong in thinking that way? No, like I said, you made a valid point on that. You could, you could be on to something. I don't know, but I just noticed that man, A and M just do not play no defense. But I mean, you're right. Maybe because they in the SEC conference, and you, you know, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta put up points if they ain't gonna be able to stop nobody. Because I mean, Texas A and M don't have the supreme defense as of a, you know, the LSU or. You know, maybe an Alabama or something like that. So, and maybe you could be right, Ken. Could be on to something. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. I, I, I felt the same way, Ken. I, I just, you know, for as much as as uh, Manziel gets credit for it, and and I thought, I thought, and man, I don't know if you guys peeped this or not. Uh, Saturday night, watching the LSU Alabama game, but you know they were throwing AJ McCarron's name into the hot. I, I you know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, he doesn't. He wins. I, I'll give him that. And he's on the. He's a quarterback of the number one team in the nation. The whole nine. But I'm. I'm not putting him in my Heisman discussion. I'm sorry. I mean, the kid in Oregon looks good. Uh, you. You got to put. You know, uh, Johnny Manziel and I call him the Money Team. You got to put Money Team in there, and you got to put Jameis Winston. And I think that's it. I'm AJ McCarron. I mean, FIFO. Do you think he's Heisman material? People? You people? Nah, nah, he's AJ McCarron is not high okay. material. Yeah, come on. come on. You asking me about a Georgia team, Kyle? Really? <laughs> no, he's Alabama. He's Alabama, though. He's Alabama, though. <laughs> he played for Alabama. Huh? Oh, McCarron. I'm thinking Aaron Murray. I'm sorry. Oh, you think Aaron Murray? No, yeah, no, no. no. Yeah. I, trust me. Yeah. I, we, we've learned not to ask you Alabama. anything about Georgia. Yeah, no, 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 don't bring me nothing about Georgia. But um, no, man, look, look. To me, you got. I, I think right now it's Winston, in my opinion, just because of what he's been able to do. You know, um, Texas A and M. 
unfortunately for Manziel, man, that defense, it isn't enough for him to have at least maybe just one one loss. So I, I, I think the team is hurting him. But right now for me, man, it's Winston. AJ McCarron, nah, man. He, he doesn't do enough. I, I think that is Saban's program. And I, right. and I don't think that the players, as great as they are, their system dies. You know, yeah. and that's no knock on them. That's no knock mm-hmm. on them. But I, I think that's a big up to Saban and his ability to coach these kids. And I, and I, and I, don't, and I think regardless of wherever Saban coaches, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same thing. You know, he so always right have um, game managing quarterbacks. They can make yeah, the yeah, throw. Yeah, but like you said, <laughs> people, right. it, it's like it's almost like that Belichick offense, man. They're gonna run these plays to where these guys will get open, and they're gonna keep pounding and pounding a ball, and eventually somebody's gonna creep up, or you just will guess wrong on a play as a defensive coordinator or as a player on the field, and next thing you know, somebody's behind you. Or somebody is gutting you up the middle for a 50 yard uh, touchdown. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100%. I really believe that Alabama, and I've been watching these guys because I hate freaking Alabama. I hate freaking Alabama and everything it stands for. <laughs> but, and so I'm watching these guys and I'm just like, and I can't wait for them to just take that L, man. I mean, I give them credit and respect for right. what they've managed to do. I give, I respect Nick Saban as a coach. He's done it in multiple different programs. Mm-hmm. You know, I just got a thing against Alabama. I'm sorry, just my deep southern roots. But um, <laughs> but nah, man, they're they're a winning program, and you got you know, I give them their props. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's totally a system oriented uh, offense, and they 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 strive and rely on defense heavy. Definitely, so. definitely, definitely. Now, conversely, um, NFL man it was crazy as. <laughs> I mean, we we say it, and we can't stress it enough here on Dead End Sports. We we tweet about it. We we're glued to the TV sets on Sundays. Um, another crazy weekend in the NFL. Um, B man, your 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 Lions got it done. What what stood out to you this past weekend with with the NFL? Ah oh, man. Uh, well, I guess I'm 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 not going to call it obvious, but I say uh, Tampa and uh, Jacksonville getting their first W's this year. True, so, true indeed. You know, I was I, I was kind of shocked that Jacksonville went to Tennessee and beat Tennessee. So I was like, man. And then, oh yeah, another one. Um, Carolina beating Forty Niners ten to nine. Uh, and it makes me think: is Car- I think are we sticking on Carolina's defense? Are they are they better than what we thought they were? You know, coming into the season because it seems like their defense has kind of been doing pretty decent. Of you know, recent weeks. And you know, Cam New- Cam Newton seems to be rolling right now. So mm-hmm. you know, people question. People have been questioning, is he going to beat some for real teams and stuff like that? And he beat, you know, one of the top NFC teams so far this year. Now I'm putting them at 6-3. and three. What they want, like, what, four or five straight? Uh, five, 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 straight five straight. But five now they've got so, uh, Thomas Edward Brady coming to uh, Carolina on Monday night. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be – oh, yeah, another thing that stood out was fuck the Rams blew out the coast. I didn't – yeah. I didn't see that coming. Man. I did not see that coming because I was, I was like, Ken, is that score right? Like, just we got done shooting Sunday. I'm like, Ken, you see this? I'm like, Rams blown up the coach at the coach. He was like, what? So, yeah, man, those things stood out for me in the NFL. I'm not going to talk about Detroit because y'all know how I feel about. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ken? What, what stood out to you this past weekend in the NFL? 
Uh, let's see, man. Um, Minnesota beating Washington. Um, and I, I really thought Griffin was going to pull that off, but I, I think the coach um, had a couple of bad calls, uh, you know, on, on two of those plays. So, so that one um, stood out to me just to kick off the the NFL week. Um, Carolina and San Francisco uh, was definitely a, a, a bit of a shocker, but not so much for me. I think, and I and I've said this before, when it comes to to, to Colin Kaepernick, man, he. You put pressure on him, or you make if you turn him into a quarterback, he right. struggles. It, it, that's just all to it. He struggles as a quarterback, and um, and and he struggled against a, a pretty impressive Carolina defense because they went in. I mean, this was in San Francisco, right. and the surprising, the, the most surprising thing about this is that Cam Newton didn't screw it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> And he did. Remember, he fumbled the ball and got and got back on it. So, yeah, that. But and Cam Newton, he almost gave it right back to him. Which you know, he's 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 man, he's just not good in the fourth quarter. But he finally got one. It's like a signature win for Cam Newton. So, congratulations to him, man. Because I've been a fan of him since his Auburn days. So, you know, I'm always rooting for the brother. And um. Denver relying solely a little bit on their defense in the second half. I mean, defense and running the ball in the second half against um, San Diego because they were able to move the ball so well and so easy in the first half. And they really kind of pulled back a little bit in the second half. And I think when they tried to get it going again, I think because they scaled back so much, it was tough for them to kind of, you know, San Diego got their confidence and then it was tough for them to kind of pick up that momentum again. So I'm curious to see... Well, you know, and John Fox wasn't there, right? So I'm curious to see what happens when he returns because I think that may have been a coaching decision and because I think Fox would have continued to put points on the board. And, um, and again, I was, and last thing, man, I, I was impressed with, uh, with Keenum and Houston. But, damn, I never saw them losing seven straight, man. I, I feel bad for them now. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And Ed Reed, after what Ed Reed said, he just want to fight. They want to release him. Whoa. We ain't down with no real brother speaking the truth now. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to deal with a problematic black Negro. Right. What about you, people? What what stood out to you this past weekend? Man, honestly, man, B and Cam both took all my my ammo. Um, I think, you know, again, Carolina, 49ers, that stood out. You know, this year, um, you know, we've been on pace. The NFL has been on pace. Um, I think the average game score has been like 46.7 points a game, which is the highest ever. You know, so for a game to be so defensive, what was it, like 9 to 12 or some shit like that? Yeah, Yeah. 9-10. Yeah, 9-10. So for it to be such a defensive game, you know, this year, that's very surprising. And then also, you know, come on, man, like St. Louis and, and Indianapolis. And I got something to say about Indianapolis, man. I'm going to be 100% honest. I think that they chose the wrong head coach. I think that they should have stuck with Bruce Arians. And I think okay. they should have um, let Chuck Pagano go. And, you know, there's nothing against Chuck Pagano, but I just think that the way – like you have a franchise quarterback, and I feel like a lot of Chuck Pagano's offense limits what Andrew Luck can do. Like, Andrew Luck, not saying that he should have an offense 
like Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning right now, but he is the type of quarterback that can handle that type of offense. So why are you limiting him? Why are we trying to be a power running team? Like, that's all, you know, nice in theory, but let's be real. This NFL, you need a quarterback that can beyond manage a game, win you a game, call the plays at the line of scrimmage, get a feel for the defense firsthand, and just tear them apart. Andrew Luck is that great of a quarterback already, in my opinion. He already showed it to you last year, and that's with bumps and bruises and people being hurt, and look at how they beat the Texans without Reggie Wayne. You know, like Andrew Mm -hmm. Luck still hasn't really lost a step, and I feel like Chuck Bagano is the person or the one entity in the, in the Indianapolis Colts organization that's holding love back. You got to unleash this guy. You got to let him use that arm that he has. And mm. I, 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 I just, I, I, don't, I don't like the marriage. And I'm not saying Pagano's a bad coach. I'm just saying I don't like the marriage. I think Bruce Arians and Andrew Luck fit better together. Well, uh, you know what, Asifo, I'm, I'm going to just piggyback off of what you said. I, I think, I don't know if it's so much, because Pagano is known for his defense. Um, you you got to keep in mind also that they have a, the, the offensive coordinator that they have in there um, is a young brother who came from Stanford. I actually played against him in college. He played at, he was quarterback at, at Howard. Um, so I think, you know, they, it, he was Andrew Luck's uh, offensive coordinator when he was at Stanford. So I think um, – I think that's where, you know, they're trying to find their way. And then, you know, Luck has taken, I don't want to say he's taken a step back, you know, but this team clearly hasn't been the same since Wayne went down. I mean, you, any, any team, you know, losing all-pro receiver, they're, they're going to take a step back, i.e. my Falcons. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be, it's just going to be a tough road for them to go. And, and the whole thing with Trent Richardson, you know, you know, acquiring him was great, but you know they still haven't seen the returns on that. I think we we still haven't seen them, you know, kind of take off really where we thought that they would. Uh, even though they showed you know great signs earlier in the season, going out to San Francisco, beating them at home and stuff. But I, I think the jury's still out on that. I, I, I get your point, but I think um, I think the jury's still out. I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's all said and done just yet. You know, when it comes to Pagano and and their offense coordinator and um and and Andrew Luck as well. Um, and the, you know what the, though, Kyle, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it's it's you know it's over and done. I'm again I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying Bruce Arians with that team last year, you saw them really take on his personality, right? And I and and I feel like this year was their identity. You know, they came into San Francisco, smashed them in the mouth. They beat Seattle at home. You know, they beat uh, the Broncos, which they beat the three top teams in the NFL. But what's truly their identity? They want to be a smash-mouth team, but they had to rely on Andrew Luck against the Texans. I just feel like in the NFL, you have a thoroughbred quarterback. Unleash this guy. Let him be what the NFL is right now because you have the prototype. Kind of like Cam Newton. Cam Newton this year is finally showing, you know, hey, I can be maybe not as great as the upper echelon top four quarterback, but you know what? I'm in that second tier. And mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, I feel, belongs in that same class. And I think we have already given it to him, at least I okay. have. But I think that he should be that, that fifth guy in that super elite group. And he's not. And I don't think that Chuck Pagano and the offensive coordinator and just the Indianapolis coach 
are unleashing him to be that. Can we say that, that, you know what, St. Louis just got the better of them on Sunday, right? And and I I, I do agree with you up to a certain point, FIFO, with Pagano, but I disagree in the fact that I do think they have unleashed him. I think they rely on him a little bit too much, and in part because they have to, because they find themselves in certain situations where luck has to step in and be that number one guy that you're talking about, that top-tier quarterback that we have seen him be this year, the comeback win against uh, Houston, Texas, when they were just getting mopped up. You know, mm-hmm. the three big win against the elite teams in the in the, uh, in the the league. In the league? But, right, right. Mm-hmm. What stains their record are a loss against a uh, you know, an average team in Miami who are what we thought they are, and, you know, against an average team in San Diego and against an average team in St. Louis. Those are the teams that you should be, and maybe if Arians was the coach, they may win those games. But the problem that I have with Pagano and where I, I kind of, when I look at you, we, we kind of nitpick what he's doing, is that, yeah, mm-hmm. they want to be a smash-mouth football team, but they haven't figured out a way to do it when they have a running back that can do that. What are they doing with Trent Richardson? They give him the ball and they send him right up the middle, right behind. And, and all Trent Richardson is going to do is he's going to run into the back of the center and, and start pushing forward with, with his little choppy legs. And then next thing you know, he's falling down for three yards. I think they need to find different ways to get him the ball. They can run screens. They can run pitches. You know, they can run him on the edge off tackle. But all they want to do is give them one or two carries, you know, here or there, just feed the beast. And then, you know, when they find themselves in a situation, that's when they go to Andrew Luck. So I think that you make a move to get Trent Richardson. You need to be, and this is the coach, coach's job, you need to find a way to run the ball and make it count. And right now, they could have stuck with damn Donald Brown. And you know what, though, and and I slightly agree. I slightly agree. I agree at at the fact that, when I say unleash Andrew Luck, they're, 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 the play calling is way too conservative at the beginning of the game. It's way too conservative. And there's two ways that you can attack the running game. One, you can throw to open up the run, and sometimes you can run to open up the, 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 the passing game. And all I'm saying is, is if we look at Trent Richardson and we look at Andrew Luck, who's the better of the two? Andrew Luck. So then that means you put the ball in Andrew Luck's hand and you let him soften up that defense for Trent Richardson. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. You just got to throw the That's ball a, good point. a little bit more. You know, because but you know what? He's, who, who was the quarterback last year in Cleveland? And I'm, and I'm not disagreeing with you because I think you're absolutely uh, right. I think, yeah. So if Trent Richardson can, Richardson can do what he did with Weeding as the quarterback, you're absolutely right. He should but, be running all up, up and down the field. But, 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 so but Ken, you're right. If they come out... And if Pagano is like, you know what, we're gonna come out, we're gonna we're gonna start, it's, it's run and gun. We're gonna come out and run and shoot. We're gonna start tossing the ball up and down the field. You're right, that will open up lanes for for Trent Richardson. But, but but Ken, but Ken, last year, all right, this is the NFL, right? And we know this as a copycat league. When the whole, um, you know, the, all of these scrambling quarterbacks, when all his new offense came into the league, everybody struggled. Right, the NFL needs a book on you before they can start shutting you down. What was Trent Richardson last year? A rookie. There was no book on him. 
They knew he, okay, yeah, you know, he was nice. Heisman Trophy, this, that, and the third, Bama, okay. But nobody really knew what he was going to do, so he kind of caught right. the league by storm. You know what I'm saying? So now, Andrew Luck is the better of the two players. You've got to put the ball in your best player's hand, regardless of the sport you're playing. Or else you're going to lose, and that head coach is going to be gone, and the GM is going like, to... Like, that. that is the domino effect. When you have a great player, you have to put the ball in his hand. And the best example I can give you is No Marino. No Marino was considered a bust before Peyton Manning came in. And the reason is is because Peyton Manning himself can can call the the game at the line of scrimmage and he gives No Sean his opportunity. And yep. that's all I'm saying with Luck and Trent Richardson. You've got to put the ball in Luck's hands, let him call the majority of the game at the line, and let Luck give Trent his carry. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how it how it goes, go, you know, coming down the line because, um, you know, you get closer and closer to the playoffs, you know, you start moving it toward that area where you – you know, where it's not a lot of points, you got to be able to turn the first. You got to be able to turn first downs. You got to be able to run the ball. Uh, you know, you you don't win a Super Bowl by not being able to run the ball. I, I don't think there's been any team. You know, you you have to have at least you know some type of balance in your offense. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what what happens. Um, phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight. 0356. I am your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. Uh, you're listening to myself, my man Ken, B, and FIFO. We are Dead End Sports, the place where sports opinions collide. Um, now I want to jump into a topic. Uh, <laughs> very heated debate last week. Uh, in fact, it felt like dead end hip hop <laughs> between uh, Ken and FIFO uh, with, with regards to the uh, Richie Incognito versus Jonathan Martin situation. Uh, now, Jonathan Martin has uh, come out and spoken out. Uh, he was interviewed this past week uh, by um, Jay Glazer from Fox Sports. Shout out to Jay Glazer for getting this exclusive interview. Um, I'm going to play a clip. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to play. It's, it's a five-minute clip, but I'm not going to play five minutes. I'll play two minutes of the clip, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on this before we jump into the, the next question as far as uh, you know what happens. But, Keep in mind that we have not heard yet from uh, Jonathan Martin. Um, Jonathan Martin was actually supposed to meet with uh, the owner from the Dolphins, who has come out in, in full support of Jonathan Martin. They were supposed to meet uh, tomorrow, but that has been since pushed back because the NFL wants to talk to the Dolphins first before that actually happens. So you got this going back and forth. Uh, but let's right now let's take a quick second to listen to this interview from Richie Incognito. You can ask anybody in the Miami Dolphins locker room who had John Martin's back the absolute most and they'll undoubtedly tell you me John never showed signs that football was getting to him um, the the locker room was getting to him you're saying you don't know what led to this uh, your teammates are saying we don't know his side has clearly said we do know mm -hmm. okay and there's bullying involved there was a voice message left I'm gonna read it to you you, you did leave this voice message. Yes, I did leave this voice message. And it's, hey, what's up, you half and word, piece of black. I saw you on Twitter. You've been training 10 weeks. I want to blank in your mouth. I'm going to slap your blank mouth. Going to slap your real mother across the face. Laughter. You're still a rookie. I will kill you. You hear that. Going back to that now, do you look at that and say, 
I left that for Jonathan Martin? When I see that voicemail, when I see those words come up across the screen, uh, I'm embarrassed by it. I'm embarrassed by my actions. But what I want people to know is the way Jonathan and the rest of the offensive line and how our teammates, how we communicate, it's vulgar. It's, it's not right. When the words are put in the context, I understand why a lot of eyebrows get raised, but people don't know how John and I communicate to one another. But there's one thing of saying that. Another thing, with a white man using the N-word. Well, and that's... How do, you, how do you tell America, how do you expect anybody in America to believe you're not a racist? Right. I'm not a racist. And to judge me by that one word is wrong. In no way, shape, or form is it ever acceptable for me to use that word, even if it's friend to friend, on a voicemail. How much in today's locker room is it thrown around by African Americans and white players? Uh, it's thrown around a lot. It's, uh, it's a word that um, I've heard John use a lot. Not saying it's right for when I did it in the voicemail, but there's a lot of colorful wor words thrown around in the locker room that we don't use in everyday life. The fact of the matter remains, though, that that voicemail was left on a private voicemail for my friend, and it was a joke. Right, wrong, or indifferent? Okay. <laughs> now we got we got a couple of things going on here. That was the interview with uh, Richie Incognito and um, Jake Glazer from Fox Sports. Question I have for you guys: After hearing that, hearing his side his side of the story, it was a five minute interview. I played two minutes for you. Um, Who's at fault here? Because I know FIFO and and and, and well, I'm gonna start with B first because because FIFO and Ken might take this to, to the end of the show. Uh, who's at fault here with this fiasco with the Dolphins? Is it Martin's fault for not standing up for himself? Is it Incognito for taking things way too far and harassing? Because I mean, I I don't even like to use the term bullying. I think it's more harassment than anything else. Yeah. Or is it the Dolphins yeah. organization for allowing this type of thing to even happen right up under their nose or perpetuate it because, you know, allegedly the Dolphins organization told them, you know, uh, incognito to toughen this guy up. So be honest with you, yeah. who's at fault? Yeah, I think the organization is. That's why I said last week, I think Martin should just milk this out. Like, milk it out. Milk, just try to do, like you said, get checked in and miss and have him act like he got mental uh, issues and all that stuff because it's because. You know, like you said, it goes, at first it's like, okay, he's just doing his stuff. But then, like I said, when I read those text messages and stuff that they put out, I'm like, wait a minute, though. This dude is like, he is harassing him. And I, and I think in that interview, he sounded like he was a little bit remorseful, like, oops, I fucked up, type of, type of deal. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like, because he, he sounded like, at first, he thought it was cool, but then now, in that interview, he's like, well, I know that's a still a bad word. Then why the hell would you say it? Why would you right. say it? You <laughs> exactly. know, why would you still say it if you know it's still bad to use to, as a, you know, as a Caucasian male, you dummy? So, I think it's the organization fault, man. Like I said, Martin should milk this shit out like a fucking cow. Just milk it out. Because, like I said, you know, Roger Goodell going to protect the shield, so milk right. it out and get your bread. That's, that's what, I, that's what I, I always say that. So I, but I do think it's the organization's fault, though. I, I agree with you, B. I think um, organizationally, there's, there's, and having been in a, well, I've never been in an NFL locker room, but being in a college locker room or a high school locker room, for that matter, it's very few things that go on on a team setting. Um, and we all play sports. I mean, there's, there's very little that happens on a team that the coaches don't know about. 
I mean, right. you know, everything from what the guys are getting as far as their grades to you know, a, play, a coach knows who's smoking weed on the team, and he knows who's, you know, hanging out late at night. And these are NFL guys. So, you know, with the NFL security and all of this stuff like that that they have in place, they know what these guys are doing. The NFL keeps tabs on all of their players. Yep. That being said, you know, I, I think the Dolphins are culpable here. I think they could be faced. Martin has, you know, issued somewhat of a statement through his agent that he wants to play again, but he doesn't. he's not going to play for the Dolphins this year. So he's still going to get the check. Check's still hitting. Direct deposit's still coming through every Tuesday. <laughs> so that's still coming. Um, Incognito has been suspended indefinitely. So Incognito ultimately is probably done in, in, in Miami and probably done for his career. Um but depending on whatever legal stance he takes, like you said, B, he could be looking at if nothing, if 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 Martin doesn't think that he could play another down in the NFL, he could definitely hit them for a uh, a lawsuit of I, I don't want to say sexual, but harassment. You know, cause, because that's what it is. You know, to the point where he feels you know mentally he couldn't cope. Um, I think there is also some culpability, obviously, on Martin's behalf because. I just don't see how you can get to that point and let somebody, you know, take you there mentally. I I don't. But I'm not that's I'm not Jonathan Martin. Um and then obviously I think some you know, a lot of blame, you know, falls with Richie Incognito. And Incognito could have a grievance with the Dolphins if he said, Hey, well these guys put they told me to toughen him up. I was just doing I was just following orders. You know, so it's it's gonna it's gonna get ugly before before we get all the truth. I really wanna hear from Jonathan Martin. Um I agree with you, B. I think Incognito sounded, you know, somewhat remorseful a little bit, you know, but he also kind of mm-hmm. defended his position on using the N word, and you can't, de- as somebody white, you can't defend using that. I, I, I don't care who you, you can't. There's, no yeah, there's no way. There's no way. It didn't help that you know there's been former players or anonymous players saying that the locker room has accepted him as an honorary black man. I don't care who you, I, you know, you can't do it. You just that's not a word that you can use. Um, so you know that's my take on it. So I, now I'll throw it to, I throw it to Kent. You and FIFO got into it, and we we've been tweeting about it for the last week. Um, Kent, who's at fault here? Uh, you know what, uh, uh, Jonathan Martin. Um, okay. The problem that I have with this whole situation is more and more. News starts, you know, starts to come out is, is this, and there's one thing that I saw that that I won't say necessarily disturbed me, but it kind of it kind of alluded to what I was thinking last weekend. Is that Incognito said that Jonathan Martin was sending him the same messages, right? So now that that's the story, whether or not that's true, I don't know yet. I have to see the text messages. So I want to know if they're able to get that evidence and show that all of a sudden you have a situation where you have two look we all we all boys right we've played before where we you know we wrestling and we you know playing and you know this that and the other hitting each other in the shoulder and all of a sudden somebody hits one person too hard and then next thing you know you're ready to fight it's kind of the same situation where yeah maybe he said you know what maybe I took it too far I think the text message that Jonathan sent was something about I'll kill your family or something like that too so he's using the same type of language towards him just not the derogatory language that Richie Incognito used but according to Richie Incognito and according to some other stuff that I've seen it seems to be 
that the black players in that locker room seem to have given out nigger cards. So, <laughs> you know, my thing is that there's this culture, like B was talking about, that's that yeah, spread really. in this whole locker room, and now all of a sudden, and going back to what FIFO and B were saying, I think Jonathan Martin was like, you know what? I got this I got this text message and I got this voicemail. And I can take this and I'm a smart guy, I went to Stanford. I can take this thing and I can milk this for every single thing that I possibly can. Because for me and for the life of me, it does not make sense as to why the black players and people in that locker room are all in support of Incognito and not Martin. And I'll tell you this, I think Incognito will play again in the in the league. And I think Jonathan Martin might want to do what B has been alluded to all this time. He need to go ahead and get his bread because I don't think anybody would really want a guy like that on his team. Now, there were polls taken of NFL players that said the same thing, but, yeah, I, you know, the data's there and the data supports it, but I, I just, based on seeing the people's reaction and seeing what they're saying from black players, not the white people, from the black players in that locker room in support of Incognito in spite of the things he said, and we know how black people feel about that word, and for the right. fact that they're willing to still say, hey, I want this dude back in the locker room. That says something to me. That says a lot to me. So I think that there's more to this story that hasn't came out yet, and I think Jonathan Martin is definitely more at fault, and that's why he's keeping his mouth shut. Something's going on, man, and, and we don't have the full story yet. That's true. So, so okay, before I throw it to FIFA, i got to ask you a question on that. Uh, Incognito, in the interview, presented Jay Glazer with 1,100 text messages that were exchanged between the two of them. And this is this year. I mean... That's a lot of text messages, and a lot of them, you know, had that kind of language in it and things of that nature. You know, so are you really being bullied or harassed by somebody if you get, you know, that those kind of does the the number of text messages does that matter, or, or would would you really want to see the content of the text messages? Uh, you know what? You're playing the game. I do want to see. I would like to see the content of you know of the text messages because I think that's important here. But at the same time. Unless Jonathan Martin just felt like, you know, I have to play along because I have to feel like I need to get along with my teammates or maybe I'm going to just continue to text, ha, 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 he, 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 you know, so I, can feel, so I can fit in with this culture here in Miami. Unless that's the angle that he's trying to present, you know, to support his case of why he's sending these messages, you know, that, and he may say that. But the fact is, dog, you're playing this game. You are playing this game 11, what, you said 1,100 times. 1,100 text messages. That, bruh, bruh, that's a lot. How many would it take for you? <laughs> so, you know, so, you know it's, like, it's like I said, man, you, you, you know, either, and, and everybody's saying they're brothers. It's not incognito saying this. There's people right. in the locker rooms like, man, they, they, you know, they were tight, man. They, I thought they were brothers, man. Richie right, and right, right. protected him like a brother. Listen to the stories that these people are saying. Everybody's saying something in support of Incognito. Very little in support of Richie. Uh, uh, very, very. But you know who's not saying anything? 
Martin, he's not saying anything. His lawyers are saying a lot, but that's what they get paid. Right. Well, yeah, we still haven't heard anything from him, and I think that's that's going to be the the telltale sign to you know who we believe in and where it goes from there. And I see we got a caller uh, from area code eight one seven. Caller, we're going to jump to you in a second. Let me get uh, FIFO in here. FIFO, uh, you heard our discussion, and like I said, you and Ken uh, went at it pretty hard last week. Um, who's at fault here, man? And and has any anything that you thought? from last week's debate has it changed at all you know I want to start off by saying that you know I feel after a week that um, you know a lot of people jumped to the conclusion and we made John um, Incognito Richie Incognito um, guilty in the court of public opinion you know all of the facts weren't there we did see, uh, we didn't know about the text messages and, and, and the voicemails. But after a week of, of, you know, more and more details coming out, I have to say I, ha- I have to lessen my stance on incognito, and this is the reason why I say that. Now, Ken is absolutely right in the fact that the Miami Dolphin locker room is giving out end cards. They, 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 they just are, you know, but... When you're in a locker room, Kyle, and, and, and we, like you said, we all played sports, you click up, especially when you're on a football team and so many people. On a basketball team, it's only maybe just one or two clicks. But right. normally basketball teams are pretty close. You know, football teams, it's, it's way different. It's a way different culture. And I can see how, you know, I don't think that a white person should say it unless the the black people that they hang around with are cool with them saying it. Then to me, I think that those people get a pass. And if Incognito had a pass, and if Incognito was using that type of language throughout these 1,100 text messages between him and Martin, then can we, then the context inside of those messages that's different, he wasn't, then that means that he wasn't, really threatening him if that is how they both communicated to each other. Now, if Martin responded in the same way, then why should Martin feel threatened? You know, and again, we're never going to know the complete details. And like B said, you know, he did sound remorseful. Like, damn, you know, like, this shit is getting blown the fuck up. I thought it was cool. You know, my bad. I didn't even <laughs> right. this. But at the end of the day, you're talking about professional sports with, with overgrown 200-pound-plus behemoths that all they do for a living is knock other behemoths out. That's all mm. they do. So your mentality, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you carry yourself, especially around that locker room, is going to be different from any other work environment. So I'm right. not necessarily giving Richie Incognito a pass, but I understand more so now. And I think that who's to blame more so in, in this situation is Jonathan Martin. Because okay. if Incognito felt like, 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 like they were friends, and again, we don't know Jonathan Martin's side, but right. 1,100 text messages, if I felt threatened, this would have came out way before that. Oh, this no would have came out way before that. You know, and, and, and again, I don't know everything, so I can't, I, I, I can't put anything past Incognito, especially when his peers feel like, you know, he's a dirty player and all this and all that. But at the same time, I feel like I went a little hard in on it last week. And, and, I, and I have to 
you know, soften my stance against them until more and more comes out. And we have to see what the context of those messages were. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get all in the line of messages. Right, right, right. But at the same time, Martin needs an opportunity to speak because he's been quiet amongst all this. Hey, I, I agree totally. I, I think um, I can't wait to hear from from Martin. You know, I think that's gonna that's gonna kind of determine everything. You know, because he's you know right now we have, like you said we haven't heard anything. The only thing we've heard is from his agent or excuse me his lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. And you know I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the you know the meeting that he's going to have with the end because I'm also interested to hear you know what the organiz- what the Dolphins organization is going to say. You know, are, are they are, are they going to, you know, own up to some of what has happened or, or may have transpired right up under their nose? Um, so time will tell. It's, it's a very interesting discussion. Obviously, you know, like you said, we only got one side of it. Um, and, you know, everybody's talking about it across the country. Um, and I would definitely like to hear from Martin. Um, right now, let's jump to the phone lines. We got a call, hey, a call hey, from Kyle. Barry Cody. Yeah, what's up? I was just about to, well, before you get to that caller, um, I think the owner he 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 addressed the media right before the Monday Night Football game yesterday. Yeah, he um, did. He did, and and yeah. he want, and he sounded very you know remorseful and you know upset about it and bothered by it. Um, you know, but I think he also wants to get to the bottom of it because it it sounds like yeah, it just really kind of came as a shock to him. So you know, he wants to figure out what's going on, and he also wants to protect. You know, let's keep it real. He wants to protect his brand as well. You know, yeah, because this is yeah. not good for them. That not only is it bad ink for them, but you know the team is in a tailspin, and this is a team that jumped off to a what three and zero start, and mm-hmm. you know now they can't get right, and they just got beat by a team that hadn't won a game all year. So, you know, they they definitely need to righten the ship sooner than later. Um, let's go ahead and jump to the phone line. Area code eight one seven eight one seven. Call you on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Kyle, you know this is me. <laughs> What's up, girl? You know I've been waiting all the night. What's happening? Running their mouth about this stuff and everything else. I was going to put my sister in this because, you know, as a female, I am not, I'm not, I didn't play football. I didn't get that opportunity to play football. And I don't know the dynamic of being in that locker room. Now, I won't say that I haven't been in the room or anything of that nature, I just didn't get that opportunity to be around. With that being said, I don't care if it's Jonathan Martin's fault, I don't care if it's Ricky Incognito's fault. What my concern is is how this white boy is using the N-word like it's just okay. And I don't care if black folks gave him the opportunity or gave him this honorary, quote-unquote, honorary Nigga, black card, he can't use that word. I'm sorry. And I don't care where anybody, anybody black in that Miami room should have sat up here. Somebody should have had some kind of pride and respect about themselves to either tell him, dog, dog, you you hitting the line, dog, you in the drive. And if you can't say you hitting the line, then somebody should have busted him in his mouth. Somebody should have put hands on his tail because... That is just totally unacceptable. I don't care if you have this this thing. I, I know these kids are acting like, you know, that's just uncool. You know, you take the power out the word the more you say it. That is disrespectful. I have family. I have ancestors who have, you know, fought blood, sweat, and tears over that. And right. you just don't get that opportunity. 
Now, the second thing that bothered me about this whole Fox interview, first of all, it was Fox News. I don't trust a darn thing on Fox News, okay? They didn't get no black person. They didn't get Pam Oliver to interview Richie Incognito. They got Jay Glazer. And well, no, well, I, I, I will say this much, and, I, and I'm not going to defend Fox, but Jay Glazer is the guy that people, the athletes will talk. Jay Glazer is close to these athletes. He can get interviews that Pam Oliver couldn't have gotten that interview. That, I mean, I'm just keep I don't real. I don't care. It, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It, either way it goes, it, it just doesn't. It bothers me because, like you said, they have a personal relationship. The two of them have a personal relationship. So all we know is is that he said that there was 1,100 text messages. Okay, until I see actual transcripts of text messages, I don't believe that there was 1,100 text messages. Because first of all, number one, no man goes. Check no other man no 1100 times. <laughs> Secondly, ain't no man gonna sit up here and spend that much time to talk to somebody like that. I, I can tell you right now, I know LeBron and, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, D-Way. D-Way, they sit up here and got 1100 text messages between the two of them. I think that's some BS in its own little right. So until I see some actual text messages or actual you know, transcripts, I don't believe that those even exist. Because all that stuff came out during the interview. Well, why didn't it come out when his name got put out? Why did he have to come out during the interview? And if he's really such a uh, saying about the whole thing and everything else, why didn't he just come forth? Why did they have to pretty much sit up here and suspend him for this stuff? I mean, it's just a whole bunch of, it's a bunch of uh, stuff that just doesn't add up with me. And everybody on the line, I, I agree with you at some point. Jonathan Martin is the brain because he let it go on. Right. Everybody in that locker room, they let it go on. Rich Cognito is not, you know, he's guilty in my book, period, because you use the N-word. And that's how you feel. Don't apologize to me because that's how you feel. There's <laughs> no point in apologizing to me because if you let it come out your mouth, that means you're meant to say it. Yeah, you probably meant it. Right, right, right. You, you, you know what I mean? That, that's what you're meant to say. So I'm not even going to uh, go there. It's, I, I feel like Shannon Sharp did when he sat up here and he said it. I'm sick. I'm embarrassed. And it's embarrassing to know that that locker room had a culture that was allowing this word to be thrown around amongst white people, knowing what kind of spirit that that, that word even brings up. And and it's just, it's just a travesty. I blame the coach. I blame the upper management. I blame all of this. Because you ain't going to sit up here and tell me that coach didn't know. And you're not going to sit up here yeah, and tell I mean, me that, that, that owner didn't know. I mean, you you made some great points, and I think, like I said earlier, I think what's going to have to happen is, you know, we got to get to the bottom of it. You know, I think it's 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 a story that's not going to go away anytime soon. I think what's going to happen is is that it's going to be on repeat cycle for a little while uh, and until you get you know one side of the story because you're going to get his side of the story, you're going to get Martin's side of the story, then you're going to get the truth somewhere in there. Um, so uh, hopefully. You know, this is not a story that we're talking about. You know, for the next five weeks, but um, we got a, we got a couple more calls. Let me take a couple more calls. Miss Chaotic, thanks for calling in. Definitely appreciate it. Tell them how you feel. Tell them how you feel. You know how I feel. You know how. Oh, you know oh yeah, we know. How you... <laughs> All right, Miss Chaotic, thanks for calling in again. Bye. All right, let's jump wait, to the wait, phone wait, lines. Wait, wait. Let's see. Uh, we got a hold, call. Hold on, call from area code nine seven three. 973 calling you on the air. What's your name? Where you calling from? 
Section 8, calling from Brick City, Newark. Section 8, what's up, man? <laughs> what's going on, bro? How you? Chilling, chilling, chilling. What's happening? I'm all right. I ain't know you had your little radio thing going on. Just call and give you a shout out. Oh, man, appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the love. Yeah, so I get what you I don't know what y'all talking about, so I can't comment on it right now. Yeah, I was just throwing there, yep. So well, I'll I'll we know you're big, well, I know you're big Giants, Giants man, man. You think the Giants are going to make a run for it? Of course, the NFC wide open. We're going to make the playoffs. And who's going to stop us? It can't be the, it can't be the bum Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got a, I got a joke for y'all. I got a joke for y'all. Oh Lord. Go ahead. Section eight. How do you spell cowboys? C O W E I E I O. Dag nabby. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh man. Hey man, uh-huh. thanks for calling uh-huh. in, man. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> I'll peace. The number section eight called area code. Uh, 646-478-0356. Six, six, six. Man, we got calls. Call it. That's what happens when you ask people when you put numbers out there. I just put a number on Facebook and Twitter said call in. People just calling in. 646-478-0356. Um, very, very passionate. Uh, let's see. Uh, Miss Chaotic was very passionate about it. And, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's going inter- to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Um, let's jump to the NBA, man. We are... Uh, uh, right here at two weeks into the uh, NBA season, um, you're starting to see you know teams start to separate themselves. Obviously, the Pacers have jumped off to a great start, um, and you see uh, you know how the Lakers are doing well without Kobe, or how they're playing without Kobe, I should say. Um, one of the questions I wanted to throw out to you guys is um, I got into an interesting discussion with one of my buddies as far as like you know the differences between stars and superstars. And uh, we were talking about some of the guys who were some of the the, the new budding superstars. Um, I'll start with you first, B. Who, if you had a name, who's your favorite, quote-unquote, budding superstar right now in the My NBA? My favorite right uh, Yeah. Chris Paul, CP3. Okay. Budding? Yeah. You, you, come, huh? you would say you know that CP3 uh, is a budding superstar? Oh, 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 oh. You said a new superstar. You said new people? Yeah. 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 Oh. Uh man, no, <laughs> come, come back, come back, yeah, come back to me on that. Yeah, let me let me go to FIFO. FIFO, uh, who, who's, who's your favorite budding superstar right now? You know, Kaz, it's interesting you bring up this question because last night, uh, one of one of my good friends, Nigel, you know, me and him, we always talk sports, especially basketball, and um, this 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 actual question came up last night, and for me, it has to be Paul George, and the reason why okay. I hate Paul George is because his ascension to where he is right now is not easy. You know, this is, what, his third, fourth year into the league? And he went from, you know, barely getting minutes to becoming a starter, to becoming an all-star, and to becoming a superstar. And the biggest transition, the hardest part, is that all-star level to that Mm -hmm. superstar level. And and let me explain to people what what my definition is of an all-star caliber player. And an all-star caliber player in the NBA, he, with another good player, depending on the conference, should be able to get you to the playoffs, a la Al Horford, Josh Smith. You know, these guys are all-stars. They're not superstars. 
you know, um, before Derrick Rose got there, you had Lou Aldang. You know, um, an all-star should be should make you a viable playoff team, but you're not a championship contender. Now, a superstar will get you in, should get you into the playoffs, and you could possibly win a round. With an all-star, you're not going to win a round. Okay. A superstar should be able to get you around, depending on the seeding, the rest of the team, and all that and all this. But that jump that Paul George has made, not a lot of players can make it. Because a lot of times now, players come in and they're superstars. They, they don't go through the progression. By year right, two, right, year right. three, they're a superstar. Point. Because... The, 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 the machine that is AAU basketball, that is Division One college basketball, that is the NBA, if you look at the talent, it's coming out a lot quicker compared to the 80s and 90s. So a superstar like, like Paul George, the jump that he's made, and think about it, we're only eight games into the NBA season, and he's the second or third leading scorer in the NBA. And mm-hmm. I think he's not going to fall off. He is not going to fall off because you saw it at times last year in the playoffs. And that's the beautiful thing about the playoffs. You got to see the evolution of Paul George. He, he sometimes wasn't always there, but then when he was, you're like, oh, my God, like, he's challenging LeBron. And now you see what he's doing this year. And, FIFO, this goes back to what we said when we first brought up NBA. I think, like, what was that, uh, about three weeks ago? This, mm-hmm. is why Indi- this is why Indiana is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Yes. This is this is why I picked them to to give Miami, you know, give Miami some trouble because they have a superstar in Paul George. But when I mention Indiana, you ain't kidding. Was like, no, you ain't kidding. Wait, wait, wait. You don't come at no, me. No, you 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 came on, you came on my side eventually. But at first, the very first day we started talking about NBA on here. And when, when they mentioned the team. Yeah, you did. That thing, that was, was that our first you. episode? Thank you. Our first, oh, we, I mean, oh, oh, we going to run the tape. Yeah, when we first started talking about NBA a couple of weeks ago, when, when I mentioned Indiana, you and Ken was like, oh. Like, but then the next week, you, you came on my side the next week. You, you saw the light. So run the tape. Right. <laughs> Next week, yeah, run that get tape. the clip, run, run it on the show. Find, find the clip. I don't believe it. Find the clip. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it ain't hard to find. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was either our first or second show. Kyle, yeah. Kyle, yeah, Kyle remember. Yeah, Kyle remember. Oh, I remember it. I remember it because I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the phone like, what are they talking about? Right. <laughs> like, I said Indiana, and they was like, they were like, what? Because like, he said what I was thinking. Yeah. And and, 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 Ken, and Ken and people disagree. Ken still disagree, but people ended up agreeing. Like, yeah, Indiana this, Indiana that. I'm like, I told you. I'm like y'all gonna y'all gonna listen. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the audio on that. We'll have it, we'll have it next week. Ken, you there? So Ken, Ken, who's yeah, your okay. uh, who, who, who's your um, who's your budding superstar that, that that you're really checking for right now? Demarcus Cousins. Okay. Mm. Wow. Okay. That 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 boy can play, and he fills up the stat sheet and rebounds, assists. Locks. He plays with passion. He's a hothead, but mm-hmm. that boy can play. I mean, he he he's better. I mean, it, it kind of talks about what FIFO was saying. Like every time you look up, or every year you look up, he, he's just he takes another level. Unfortunately, he's stuck in Sacramento. But 
that dude, man, can put numbers on the board, and 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 he's just stuck in a market and with the losing team that nobody actually has a chance to really see what he can do. But yeah, he, he he's a baller, man. He gets it in. Okay, I got my favorite star. I got my favorite star. Go ahead, go ahead. Kyrie Irving. Oh, that's a good one. Can I say Kyrie Irving? Can I say Kyrie Irving? Is that a good one? That's a good one. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Kyrie is a baller. Reason why, because I told a lot of y'all, back when he was playing at Duke, and he only played like about 10 or 11 games, I was like, I was telling people, like, dude, Kyrie Irving is that deal, dog. Like, please don't sleep on him. I was like, man, Kyrie Irving plays like a game that's so easy to him, man. Like, I, because I watch college ball a lot, so I, I don't know if the rest of the crew watch college ball that much, but yeah. I watch college ball a lot. And the way I saw him play at Duke just those 10 games, and when he went number one to Cleveland, I was like, dude, Cleveland got them a gem. And and now people wouldn't listen to me. And now I think it was during the playoffs, I think uh, people had put Kyrie Irving like in his top five during the playoffs. And I was like, I told yeah. you, I told you, people, like. Y'all gonna listen, man. Or, or either that or start watching college ball. <laughs> I, I definitely gotta agree with uh with you guys. My budding superstar, I gotta go with Paul George, man. Um but you know, I really don't have much more to add. I mean the kid is phenomenal. I, and, and and much like what FIFO said, you know, he he's wait the way he's starting out, he's not like most guys that come into the league that are just down. I mean, this is a guy that I was like I had to last year I had to look up with Paul George, because I don't remember him from college. I don't, you know. He went to Fresno um, State. Yeah, went to Fresno State. And, I mean, you know, I would have never, I mean, like, if I would have bet somebody, I would have lost a lot of money because I would have never guessed Fresno State. Um, another budding superstar I like uh, is Steph Curry. Um, I know B picked, uh, you know, Golden State to make some noise coming out of the West. I think yep. Steph Curry, man, is right there on the cusp of, of really, I mean, he's, he's an all-star, um, but I think he's really at the cusp of really taking his game to the next level and, and elevating that team to the next level. And it goes back to the point that people was making about, you know, can your superstars get you, you know, a, a series, not just, you know, a win or two or get you to the playoffs. You know, it's about it's, it's about elevating your game and kind of taking it and carrying the team with you. Um, yeah, I'd have to say Steph Curry and um, and Paul George. Um, my man Zero Dark 30 in the chat room, he mentioned uh, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. His game is very underrated. Um, but he's I think a superstar. But, but, but he's, he's not budding. Like, when you put up 30, 20, 30, I would, 30. Yeah, I wouldn't say you, budding, but, he's, but do you, would you say Love is a superstar or just a star? Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. He's he just stuck on a bad team. I think he's a superstar. I don't, okay. even, I don't even think he's on a bad team. I think he's on a good team. I think Maybe not this year, but Love, a couple of years, Minnesota wasn't that good. But this year, they're, they're, they look pretty good. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're healthy. Like, the first year... You know, the first year Kevin Love came into the league as a rookie, he had nobody, you know, he had compared nobody. to what he is right. right now, he was overweight. He didn't have a three-point shot. He worked on his game. And once he dropped that weight and he got that shot, he was a superstar. Because no, he, he was had good. all the other He was still good his rookie year. He was still good. Was, exactly. Yeah, but he, he wasn't a superstar. He got better. No, he wasn't exactly. a superstar when he first came in. No, no, he exactly. wasn't. Exactly. Man, you you he put was. up thirty twenty. Man, you're you you are super. He put up thirty thirty. He put up thirty thirty. He was a thirty thirty. But Moses Malone to put up thirty thirty, man. Like, I, I and this, I'm sorry. I, this was another thing. I remember when he came. Him and him and uh, Tyler Hansbrough came out of college the same year, and everybody yeah. was all on Tyler Hansbrough coach. I'm like, everybody was, was hyping up. Like Tyler Hansbrough. <laughs> yeah, traveling, 
traveling Tyler Hansbrough, who always travel when he's in the post. But I was telling people, all right, dude, Kevin Love from UCLA is more NBA rated than Tyler Hansbrough. And now look where we at now. Is anybody talking about Tyler Hansbrough? Tyler Hansbrough was not no damn NBA ready. Even when he was at North Carolina, he was so overrated to me. So overrated. You know, you know what, though, B? Here, here's the thing. Like, I give you that he was overrated, but he was NBA ready. And he's going to be in the league for a long time. Because yeah, what he I mean, provides he's every not team needs. Like like no, they, like he's they not. Him up the, yeah. That's what they were overrated. They were hyping him up like he was going to be this great NBA player leaving from North Carolina. I'm like, dude, no, he's not. He's nah. not. He's not. No. But here's the thing, though, B. Like, it, it, by, by the time he went to the combine, everybody already done knocked him down. You know, I think he was overrated. I give you that. I'm not disagreeing there at all. But by the time the draft came, people already knew. Who, who needed to know already knew. Like, he, his measurables weren't there. He didn't mm-hmm. have great um, uh, leaping ability. His arms measured short for being 6'9". He can't get up oh, off the ground. So you're playing a power position. We knew that it was going to come on effort. And he has, let's be honest, he has a consistent 15-foot jumper. That's all he has. That's his best arsenal. And that he is an energy guy. And in you know, the he, NBA, Mark you're going to have you know, a long career you do that. That dude is Mark Masson. <laughs> that's who he is. Uh, he's, 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 he's Mark Madison. Yeah, he worked hard. He's a hard oh my gosh! Oh, that's funny. That's about it. I, Kevin Love, oh, I, I was saying, I was saying, Kevin Love. This is UCLA. I'm like, dude, that dude is ready. Though his skill set wise, yeah. he's ready. Uh, I, I like, I love his game, man. I love his game, and I hope Minnesota does well this year. They've all, they're off to a good start, um, which is good for them. Uh, the phone number to call in: area code six four six four seven eight. 0356. I am your host, 12 Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. I got Ken, I got FIFO, and my man B, man. We're talking sports. This is the place where sports opinions collide. Uh, don't just listen to the show. Be a part of the show. Hit us up. Uh, follow the show. If you're on Twitter, uh, everybody's on Twitter. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Dead End Sports. Also, check out the website, deadendsports.com. Uh, the show has its own Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com, search Dead End Sports, uh, follow the show, like the show, become a fan of the page. Um, also, hit it, hit it, show up on uh, Instagram. Got a new Instagram account, Dead End Sports, as well. Uh, so we're all over, man, as, as well as Pin Interest. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, next question I have for you, NBA. Ken, if you were NBA commissioner, what would be the first change you would make in the NBA? The first one. Oh, whoa! Oh, give me a few if you got if you got more than one. Uh, That's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, it is. Uh, first change I will make as commissioner in the NBA. You know what, Kyle? You may have to go to be a FIFA on this one. I got to pull over. Oh, I'm ready. I'm trying to think of what I've seen that I that I that I don't really like, but nothing's coming to me right now. Oh, I'm okay. ready. Okay, people, what you got? Man, the, the what would you be the first change you would make in the NBA? I, I have a lot, so I will tell you my first, and I'm going to tell you the rest. The Go very ahead, first one I would make, the very first one I would make is this college rule. Get, get, get okay. rid of it. Get rid of it. Come out of high school if you want to. Because here's the thing, right? You cannot, you can't try to protect the people from themselves. If you want to jump on all these high school players just because of the potential and all this, well, then you know what? You take the risk. That's your fault. That is not 
if you are a diligent GM, you will make the right decision, regardless if he's coming out of high school or if he's not. Now, if you want to take that big of a risk, then you go ahead and do that. So, so to me, that's the very first thing I'm taking away is the college rule. The next thing I'm ta- the next thing I'm implementing is that every NBA team needs to have a D league team, and I will okay. build up wow. the okay. farm system. In, in inside of the NBA, and that's the main reason why I, I, I wouldn't care about getting rid of the college rule because the amateurism in, in, in America, first of all, I think sucks. Like, look at a, a player like Ricky Rubio. He has been professional since he was like 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have that here? You see what I'm saying? So even though, okay, it's a different country, different rules, different everything, I feel as if a kid needs to get through high school. If you don't want to go to college, you shouldn't have to go to college. You shouldn't have to go to college. If you want to go and play in the D League to improve yourself and make a little bit of money while you're doing it, by mm-hmm. all means, go ahead. Because there there okay. are some success stories now in the NBA coming out of the D League. So those are the two major things uh, I, 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 I would do. Two, those are the two major things I would do. Okay. What about you, B? What what would be uh, if you were commissioner? What would some of you change in the NBA? Oh my God! Um, oh, oh man! People kind of took my one about the D League, but I I wouldn't say every single team, but I would add more D League teams. Um, I don't know, man. See, I kind of like college ball, so I, I would kind of I would want them to play a couple of years in college. It kind of takes away the integrity of college. Basketball, man. I, I want them to go two. You got to play two years in college and then and then come out. All these little one and done. I mean, mm-hmm. like you, people did make a point. Yeah, it's the GM's decision to, to take that gamble. But me, as a, someone that likes to watch college basketball, you know, people mean people mean two, two years. You can come. You can't come out after your sophomore year. So that okay. would be, I'm just, I'm gonna go that easy route. You got to play two years in college before you come to the league. So even if even if that player wanted to go to the D League, like out of high school, like you know what, I, I don't want to go play college. I want to go play against some grown men, some young guys, and 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 get that um, NBA life. You know what I'm saying? Like that environment of traveling. You know, not necessarily having to go to school. All I want to do is focus on basketball because I think college is really when it comes to athletics, it is almost a detriment because everything is so. Schedule like there's only but so much time you can work out. There's only but so much time you can practice. You know where if you can go from high school and maybe you're not physically ready to compete at the NBA level. If you go to the D League and there's you're not restricted as to how much you can work on your game. You're not restricted mm-hmm. as to how much you can actually um, um, lift weights and do all of that other stuff. And if you are a highly touted high school prospect a team that you would go to would invest in you and put the money in the in, 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 in the training staff around you to make sure you grow. I don't know, I mean we we've done it before and there's been a lot of dudes coming out coming out straight but, by school. That was that was highly, you know, highly praised or whatever. Uh, I but there was no D League. But there I mean, was no D League the way we're talking how the D League would be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I would say they gotta play two years. Okay. Um, for me, man, um, I think I, I, 
I'm back. I, I, I kind of go back and forth with that, uh, with the with the age requirement. Much like B, I, I would like. I, I miss the days of yesteryear when you had, you know. And, and I mean, we we talked about that a little earlier tonight. Uh, you know, with the the ma- the amount of talent that we're going to see tonight on the hardwood, as far as you know, between Duke and Kansas and, and Michigan State and Kentucky. And I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, they're one and done. And, and the one and done is is it's the gift and the curse. Um, you know. You know, you'll have some guys who really don't need. I mean, in theory, did LeBron need to go to college? No, he didn't need to go. Nope. I mean, <laughs> you know, but LeBron and Kobe were the exception to, and KG, those guys were exception to the rule. I mean, LeBron stepped in, averaged twenty-five and five his first year. Um, you know, but and I'm not sure, you know, what this kid Wiggins is going to do. But you look at a kid like, you know, Shabazz Muhammad, who you know went to UCLA. One and done, and now he's riding on the bench in, in in Minnesota. You know, he's not even averaging a point thus far this season. So, you know, you, there, there's some fallout from that. So I'm I'm kind of like in the middle. But the first thing I would change, I'd make the season shorter. Give me 50 games. 50 games. Damn. Uh, yeah, give me give me a 50 game season, and 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 I'm good because I think the season. I would love to see the season just short, man. I think it's. You know, that's a good one. I, I, I kind of want to get to the playoffs like quick. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, hey, let's start that's the season one. Christmas Day. You know, if you want to yeah. have the Lakers against the Celtics and the Heat versus, yeah. you know, have the finals rematch, whatever you want to do, hit triple header, quadruple like header. You know, like let's that. start. Let's start this. I mean, because think about it. Even now, as, as prevalent as basketball is, we follow basketball because you know the four of us we're all fans, but. You know, if you're not a fan of, if you're a casual fan, I mean, a casual fan, they're not watching the NBA tonight. They're watching, you know, college football or they're watching basketball. You know, they're not really into it until, you know, <laughs> they're either the into it until. After the football is over. After the football yeah, is over. Yeah, the football is over or the team gets knocked out of the playoffs. One of the two, whichever happens first. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's a catch-22, but I, that year that they had to strike, I mean, I didn't like the strike, but, you know, 50-game season, starting the season now, at, you know, Christmas. Christmas Day, give me that all the time. Now, let me Especially ask you this people. about your shortened season. With a shortened season, are you going to have more back-to-back games? Because I liked when the lockout, when, when we finally got basketball back, how it was almost basketball every night. So I, mm-hmm. the only way I agree with your shortened season is if they play more consistently. Yeah, I, and I would have to, cause, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to, you know, because I think they also have to change the the NBA the the playoff format because we all know the, the the first round can be, the first round takes about a month to complete, which I think is ridiculous. But they do it for oh, yeah, advertising. Go and, five. Go you know, so, right? You know, and, and I yeah, that yeah, the first round best three out of five. You know get it in you, you know either either you win or you win or go home you know um so i i would we probably have to tinker with that that's a good point fifo um i would because you know we did see some teams playing what during that strike so i didn't see we saw teams playing uh maybe four nights uh let's say six games and, and, and six nights they're playing four games which yeah. is a lot so um mm-hmm. you know that's 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 a lot of wear and tear but um you know, I, I'd, I'd figure it out. <laughs> you know what? I'd that would be my change. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Just when we were talking about that, I would change the first round back to three out of five because it puts a lot of pressure on those higher seed teams. Right. Yeah. 
that's what I would change. Because <laughs> I, I used to complain about that when they went from all four to seven on every round. I like, man, I like three to five the first round because it puts that pressure on those one and two seed teams. I'm sorry. Okay, that's all. Oh, yeah. And you and you can't. That means you can't come out the gate slipping. I mean, if you yeah, lose that you opening the game, game then you know you're back yeah. against the wall. Yeah. So yeah, I, I I miss those playoff days back when it was three to, three out of five the first round. So that's what I would change. Hell yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. We are talking sports. This is the place where the sports opinions collide. You're listening live to Dead End Sports. Remember, this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Uh, in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. You can also check it out on our website, deadendsports.com. Um, next question I have for you guys. Uh, we're staying in the NBA. Um, top five. Ken, I'll start with you. Name your top five power forwards in the NBA Right now. Oh. All right. Uh, of course, you know my man talking. Um, just, just. Are you putting him in any particular order? Or you just top five. Just, just yeah, in anywhere. Okay. I'll, I'll just okay. Five. Um, naturally, Duncan, man. What what Duncan did last year at his age. Yeah. Just, just. I mean, he, he just showed he could just still just go to work on on anybody, man. That's just. That's that old man coming in the gym, man. Just, <laughs> right. You know, just just getting it in. Um, so so he's one. Uh, definitely Kevin Love, man. I, I I can't deny what he's been able to do over the last few years. Few years, man, in the NBA, um, and, and he's done it against all levels of talent, which is which is amazing to me because. You know, you look at the guy, you don't think he's that athletic, this, that, and the other, but the guy could just flat-out freaking ball, man. So you got to give him, you know, his props. Uh, the third one, I would say, um, gosh, man. Uh, I haven't seen enough of him yet this year, but so far he does look better offensively uh, is, is, is Blake Griffin. He looks like he has a little bit more of a post game than he has in the past, man. I, I saw him, uh, some of the moves he, he had on, a, I think it was Kevin Love against Minnesota, man. And, you know, he just looked a little, a little bit more polished, man. So it looks like he put in some work in the uh, in the offseason. So, uh, so I will add him to the list. I can't deny uh, Zach Randolph. Um, Zero. You know, okay. Zebo, uh, that's right on my list. That's right. That's that's right on my list. Zebo. Yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach, Zach Randolph. He's he's a beast, man. I, I liked him when he was at uh at Michigan State too. So I had a yeah. chance to watch him in yeah. college, man. And yeah. um, and again, he was another one of those players, man. He just he didn't have a, a he was he was he was good in college, but he didn't have he was meant for the NBA. You know, he was one of those players where his game was an NBA game, and you know, and and it showed. So um. So yeah, so he will make my list, and um, I don't like him, but Dirt Nowitzki. I mean, the guy can flat out ball, man. I mean, you know, I, I like Dirt Nowitzki. Let me let me say that I oh, didn't like him at Dirk. first, but damn, but <laughs> Dirt, uh, Dirt, 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 Dirt. Does he play small forward or power forward? Because I had a power forward. forward. 
Yeah, he, he's a four man, and he is—he okay. is a flat out animal, man. He can—he can shoot from anywhere on the court. He can, he can post you up. He, he can rebound when he wants to. I mean, he's clutch. What are you gonna do? You—you—you you, 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 when he's on, you can't stop him. And even when he's off, you can't stop him. And he can get hot at any given time. It's crazy. That's my five. Okay. okay. So, so is this all time, or is this right now in the NBA? No, no, just right now. All right. You want me to give you mine? Go, people. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you want me to give mine? Then people can get his together. Uh, I got, and I, I don't know why I had Dirk as, as a small forward. Um, in no particular order, I'm going with Dirk. Um, you know, much like uh, much like what Ken said. I mean, he he's just lethal. He kill you inside, outside. Um, then I'm going with uh, Chris Bosh. Uh, love him or hate him, you know, the, the Heat aren't the Heat without Bosh. Uh, if if you can recall the first uh, the first championship run that they had, uh, that series against Indiana. Um, if Bosh doesn't come back, they do not win. In fact, they did not win any games that Bosh did not play. So, you know, for as much as LeBron, and, and, and deservedly so, LeBron should get the credit, and, and so should D-Wade. Um, people hate on Bosh, but Bosh is the glue that, he, he's the guy that has the, the glue, keeps everything together. Um, and like I said, he's in no particular order. Um, then I'm going with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, very slept on game, man. I, I, I love LaMarcus Aldridge's game um, out in Portland. Uh, we don't get a chance to see him a lot here on the East Coast. Uh, in Portland, I really don't know what to make of their team. <laughs> you know, because it seems like they have a lot of talent, and they should be a lot better than what they are. But um, definitely going with him. And then the last two, uh, Duncan and Kevin Love, uh, you know, for the same reasons you guys mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, Love is just a beast right now. I think if I had, if I had to number them, I, I'm putting Love number one and probably Duncan number two. Um, oh, and, my God. Well, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Putting Dirk, putting Dirk at two. Putting Dirk at two. Oh. <laughs> so that's, that's my five. Duncan, what the fuck? <laughs> What's happening right <laughs> now? Yeah, you, yeah, what happened to you? You lost it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Damn. Damn, man. Kyle just disrespecting the poor man, Timmy. Oh, I mean, oh, I love him, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, he bought against South Miami last year. crazy. For like two He's games. Crazy. <laughs> uh, what about you, B? Uh, what's your five? Uh, my five is uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, okay. There's no, there's no particular order. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, Kevin Love, um, Tim Duncan, Zebo, and ah. I want to say this dude because he's he's young. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna bloom up to be a good power forward, a good defensive power forward is uh, Anthony Davis. Okay. You know, B. He's down, he's down in New Orleans, the Pelicans. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to like this kid. Yeah, I, I know, I know, man. And it's so far, his his stats are improved, you know, pretty well so far going into the season so far compared to you know last year. I think he's averaging three blocks a game. He's averaging double-digit rebounds and double-digit like twenty points. So yeah, man, I, I I think I think we might see someone Anthony Davis. 
You know, there's another guy I'm watching, man, and I don't know if he'll he'll get his his shot, but I think if given a chance, he he might do something himself. Is Derek Favors, man? I, I think he has a chance to do something in this league. I don't know where I don't know you know how high yeah, it would go, Utah? but Utah? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he looks yeah. like he can put up, he can do some damage. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, no shots at Burton Richie and Blake Griffin, man. But yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking like right now. Yeah, that's my time. <laughs> yeah, and to your point, Ken, I, I saw Blake Griffin a couple of times this year. I'm still, I mean, he just looks like a highlight reel to me. He, he, I don't see where he's worked on his game, and I'm not saying that he hasn't. It just doesn't look like it to me. It looks like it's just, you know, it's about dunks and, and, and that's it. And you all, we you know all know, Kyle? man, come playoff time, the game slows down. You know what, Kyle? What it is is he has worked on his game. The problem is is that he doesn't consistently show it. There's games okay. like against Miami where he looks like a power forward. He had double-digit rebounds. He had power moves. He had his drop step going. But then there's other games that he looks like a small forward. And it's like, yo, like, like, so to me, Blake Griffin's problem right now is consistency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But now he, he's had a couple of moves, man. Like he, he'll move some mm-hmm. people around. He has the size, and like, like when he goes to it, like his left hook, and those are the couple of ones that I've seen. Like he's managed to move his defender out of the way, and next thing you know, it's just it's a free layup for him. And he, he did that a couple of times. One time he did with the left hook. I mean, the left layup on the on the side of the rim. And then the other time he. Went to the middle and just lifted in. You know what, B? You know somebody we forgot? Who? Greg Monroe. That's another dude that I'm looking at, man. And he, he put numbers on the board, yep. too. Yeah. And he's, been, yeah. he's been balling. He's Detroit. been balling. Yeah, but, yeah, go ahead, man. people. You know, we'll be... All right, man. Um, I'm 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 gonna put my five in order. I'm gonna start with number five, okay. and this is somebody that nobody has said, and I think he's relatively underrated. He had a great year last year. For I think he was a first time All Star. David Lee, uh, very versatile four man. Okay. Fifteen to eighteen footer, can pass, has a post game. Um, you know, very unselfish guy. He's a walking double double. I think um, he. If, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I, I think he was, he's always like top three in double doubles in the league. You know, mm-hmm. so so to me, he he is what a power forward is supposed to be, versatile and powerful when you need him to be. Um, number four, I have to give it to Tim Duncan. Um, you know, come on, man. Like, uh, do I really have to talk about Tim? He's Tim Duncan. Right. Um, right. Number three, I have to give it to Chris Bosh. Um, like Kyle said, you know, Miami isn't Miami without him. As much as people rag on him and Mario Chalmers, you know, you got to rag on somebody. And, you know, <laughs> <gonna be> him, <laughs> you know, because this guy was damn near a 2010 guy by himself. And if you put him on any other team that he doesn't have another superstar, he's going to be a 2010 guy. Mm. You know, so he, he's definitely underrated right now because of his current situation. Uh, number two, I have to put up. Um, and, and while I like his game, I want more power out of his game. But I gotta put Lamarcus Aldridge at number two. Okay. Because okay. These guys, you know, he's like he's damn near seven feet. He has he's a big body. Right. You know, but but the fadeaway jumper, the, the jump shooting about him, I'm like, okay, I love. Well, he that. got the skill set. He, he got the skill set. He got the skill set. His skill set was he got it. Like he got it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He just he doesn't bang enough for me. 
you know, for me to like really, really want to put him up there at number one. And then, you know, rebounding, he's not the greatest rebounder, even though he's so damn big. But, um, you know, I, I definitely have to give him number two because skillfully, I, you know, there's not many other power forwards that, that are better than him. Nope. And number nope. one, it, it, hands down, it's not even close to me. When healthy, Kevin Love is by far the best power forward in the yep. NBA. You talk about 30-30-20. I agree. 30, 30, 20, I agree. Like double-double machine, hit the three, bang down low. Like, hey, man, hey, hey, I, I, I'll take Kevin Love any day, any day. I agree. Now, and and okay. get on your point, people. I think the reason why, well, I know my reason why I put Zebo in there is because he bangs. He gets physical. And mm-hmm. he got a good, mm-hmm. good mid range game, you know, for a power forward. You know what I'm saying? So if, if I want somebody who's going to, because you know what? I noticed too, uh, people about Zebo. Mm. Whenever he played against Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin kind of kind of steps back. Cause, right, oh, yeah. Right, Zebo right. gets physical with that dude, man. And, and I, like, I see, I see Blake Griffin shrink down whenever he got a bang down there with Zebo. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, mind you, Blake Griffin is more athletic than Zebo, but Zebo, Zebo gets physical with him, man. And, and I see him chump Blake Griffin, especially last year in the playoffs. I'm like, damn, every time he always fucking Blake Griffin. So that's why I put Zebo in my top because, dude, he bangs, dog. He gets physical. And, like, and, and you know what, the power don't get physical no more. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I agree. I agree. If we had a top ten, Zebo would definitely be there. Zebo's like six or seven for me. You know, and, and, and it wasn't – I wanted to put them in the top five, but the other players in my top five are, they're a little bit more athletic than Zebo, And that's the okay. only thing that knocks them down. I love Zebo. Look, as a basketball coach, as a basketball player, I love aggressive <laughs> players. You are not yeah. going to deter me from getting or doing my job. And I love right. that. That's the reason why right. I love Russell Westbrook. The reason why I love Zebo because you are not going to stop me from getting this rebound. You're not going to stop me from putting this back up. And you're not going to stop me from moving you the fuck out this tank. You just <laughs> you Right. Yep. yep. That's why I like Zebo, man. Hey, God, I, I want to throw in another question for you guys. Just uh, just happened to come across my – I was just thinking as you guys were talking. Um you know, when you, when you look at centers in the NBA, you look at guys like Hibbert, and, and I mean, like, what happened to the the center position? If you notice, particularly uh, black centers, we came up Ooh. in an era where, you know, we saw a lot of, I mean, almost every center you saw was black. I mean, not that it matters. It's just something just, I just thought about. Like, you got guys like Hibbert, but then you also have guys playing center like, you know, like here in Atlanta, we got Al Hor- Al Horford's really a power forward that plays yeah. center. But I mean, just I'm talking back to the back to the basket. You know, did the center era die out with Shaq? You know, I mean, as far oh. as like African American centers, I'm gonna tell you like this, Kyle. I think two things happened to to, to the center position in the NBA. Uh, number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, the speed <laughs> of the game. Good point. Because because everybody, after Mike, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Everybody wanted to handle the rock. Everybody wanted to put a point, you know. So I, I think, you know, especially you're talking black centers, you know, everybody wanted to be the guy. And 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 when we saw how dominant Michael Jordan was, you know what I mean? You don't need no center. You know, mm-hmm. cause even though That's we true. still have some dominant centers left in the NBA, they were on their tail end of their careers. Akeem, Patrick, you know, Shaq was the only one that was still prominent in his career. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think what Michael Jordan did for the game, 
you know, every, everything is a gift and a curse. And I think, you know, that's part of the curse of what Mike did to the game. And also the speed of the game. Like, you don't, you don't, you don't just play half court, give the big man the ball. Like, that's just not how basketball is played. You got to get up and down. It's about possessions. It's yeah. about this, it's about that. So just the game in itself has changed. And the athletes have changed. You know, big guys can do more now. A lot of big guys That's can true. do more. That's true. That's true. Because, I mean, think about it. And, I, and I, you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, even though he's real thin, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is, he's listed at 6'10", 6'11", but he's really 7 feet. Seven but feet. he, yep. you know, but in our era, when we were coming up, if, he, if you had a kid that tall, you put him on the block. Tell, you put him on the block, throw it into him, tell him to work out. You know, you're not letting him step outside and shoot three. That's just wasn't going to happen. And you know what, Kyle? I got one more thing to add to it. Go ahead, go ahead. A lot of these kids, they punk bitches, man. They are punk bitches. And the reason why I'm going to say that is, the main reason I'm going to say that is is because I I remember going to a basketball camp. (gasps) By the way, we won that championship in that that basketball camp. But um, they had position drills. And I've never did big man drills. Oh, and I Mm -hmm. can tell you, oh, being a big man is not easy. You know, because... I remember my boy Max. I was like, man, get down there, bang. He's like, man, this shit's hard, da 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 I'm like, man, you just a punk. And I remember doing the position drills. I'm like, yo, this ain't no joke. This ain't no joke. Always down here banging and all this. But these kids nowadays, they don't like, you know, to be yelled at. They don't like to bang. They don't, you know, like, it's hard. Like, you got to be a grown man to go down there in the paint and bang like like, 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 that's right. Like, like, you're that's like, right. depended on it. That's right. That, that's a great point, man. That, that truly is a great point. Phone number yeah, to call area code 646-478-0356. You are listening live to Dead End Sports. Um, let's jump back to NFL real quick. Uh, I'll start with you first, Ken. You know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, just how some of the play has just been up and down. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the, you take a look at a team like the, the Broncos, they look like world beaters. Uh, now they don't look as, as invincible as they once were. Um, why have we seen NFL teams look so inconsistent from week to week? I think there's a lot of parity in the league, but mainly I think this year has a lot to do with injuries. Um, okay, yep. You know, you can't nobody no you you can't keep him anybody on the field. You know, Arian Foster, he, he he's gone and and Houston was was terrible before then anyway. But right. then you look at, at what happened with Tampa Bay. Mike James gets ready to go in for a touchdown and he breaks his ankle. You know, um look at um David Wilson. You know, injured, he's on the injured reserve. Uh who else am I leaving out? Some uh Julio Jones, he's gone. You know, uh, Randall Cobb, he's gone. So injuries, man, it's hard to be consistent when you're, when you're constantly having to coach up, you know, second and third stringers and sometimes even four stringers. Okay. What, what about you, B? I, I think this, this is a great point, Ken. What, what about you, B? What, what's your take on it? On uh, just the NFL, I think this is, uh, well, injuries, yeah, because me and Ken talked about injuries plenty of times. So, yeah, injuries. But, I, I mean, NFL is just a brutal season, man. Like, after a while, yeah, you might start off, you know, 5-0, and 6-0. But, you know, guess what? After a while, you know, you get worn down from playing these, you know, these guys week in and week out. I mean, you got to think, they're professionals too. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you might be a top-notch running back, but you're going against top-notch 
you know, uh, linebackers and, and safeties banging you up from week to week. You know, I think at a certain point in the, in the season, sometimes it kind of wears you down a little bit. And that's why I think these bowels are, like, crucial. But I just think it's just, it's just the NFL. It's just a competition, man. It's just, it just wears you out at some point. I mean, you got to tip your hat off to them 72 Dolphins that went undefeated, you know, to do right. that. So, but, you know, during, you know, week in and week out with this hard-hitting NFL players, man, after a while, it, it kind of wears you down. So I think as we get towards the end of this season, you know, you're really going to see who's the real, who's the real is and who's the fakers. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Broncos, they just, you know, Denver, yeah, they look invincible. I think they're still one of the top teams in the league. They just, you're going, you, you banging every week, man. you banging. Definitely. I think, um, I, I think you, you, you mentioned a great part of it, too, as far as parity. Um, I think that's the thing. Parity is the thing that separates uh, the NFL, the NFL right, the current NFL from uh, Major League Baseball. Separates it from uh, NBA. Separates it mm-hmm. from you know all other professional sports because everybody has a chance. You know what I mean? I mean like, yep. and that's the thing that keeps us coming back each year, no matter how good or bad your team is. You know when that when that first ball is kicked off. Uh, the first game of the season, everybody starts off at 0-0. Um, everybody has a chance. I mean, the NBA season yep. tipped off two weeks ago. The Sacramento Kings, they don't have a chance at winning the NBA Finals, and they know yep. that. You know, they, Their goals aren't as lofty. But the Cleveland Browns, they feel like they got just as good a chance as the New and, England Patriots. And, and to piggyback off you, uh, Kyle, that's one, that's one thing I, I always tell people that I like about the NFL season more so than the NBA season. It's like mm-hmm. when the season kick off, you can have a nightmare season one year and have a dream season the next season, just like other the Chiefs. It was two or fourteen. Now right. <laughs> you look as sad as a Kansas City resident. Now this year you like, holy shit, we might we got a chance to make it to the Super Bowl or, or make a run at this this year after after going two and fourteen previous year. Or and, and not only did they go two and fourteen, we got to remember they had the tragic situation with Javon Belcher where he killed himself and killed his girlfriend and. Exactly. And, and, you know, the head coach got fired, and the GM got fired. I mean, like they totally clean house, and and it's rare yeah. to bring in a new head. I mean, not only bringing a new head coach in Andy Reid, but a new quarterback in in Alex yeah. Smith. And yeah. so, yeah. I mean, just total devastation. And, this, and that tragedy right. happened. It hadn't even been a year, a calendar year just nope. yet. You know, so. Nope. And 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 here it's it is. Crazy. You know, they're arguably playing. You know their their biggest game of of one well, one of the biggest games of their recent franchise history uh, coming up against uh, Manning and, and the uh, and the Broncos uh, next this, this coming Sunday night on uh, NBC. Yeah. So it's uh, love it, you know NFL, man it's crazy it's so up and yeah, down. It, you man. can really go from and I mean look we talked a little bit earlier about the Panthers the Panthers were, were I think. They came on toward the end of last season. They were bad during the beginning of the year, but they came on at the end of the season. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they, they, yeah, they finished seven and nine, but they won like five of the last seven games, seven games. and they yeah. had momentum rolling into the to the new season. And you know, right now they're they're definitely snipping at you know New England, excuse me, uh, New Orleans for that uh, for the NFC South title, and um, you know they could they look like one of the stronger teams in, in the uh, in the NFC. So. I mean, you just never know from week to week, and I think that's what. Go ahead, B. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying. Just think, you got you got teams that you know start off, you know, yeah, three and three, three and five, and then they get to like they get to like maybe at that 500, and then from there 
like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Didn't they, they were they like nine and seven and they won a Super Bowl? Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, yep. and, they, and they just got rolling in the Giants too. They just got rolling at the right time. Come like end of November to December, they just start beating everybody, and then leading to the playoffs. And next thing you know, you got a nine and seventeen hoisting Super Bowl trophy. It's crazy. Beating the crazy. Patriots. Yeah, right. Beating beating the undefeated New England Patriots, man, it's crazy. Right. NFL. That's that's one thing I love. I like more about the NFL season than the NBA. It's, it's so unpredictable. It's like really unpredictable. Like you could we could start this NBA season and say, okay, we know where four or five teams gonna make the playoffs. Exactly. And, 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 it, and it never fails. We might have like maybe one or two surprises, but for the most part, the same team. If you're good, you're gonna be good for like a couple of years to come, and it's predictable. You know what I'm saying? Also, another thing we we hadn't touched on was free agency. Um, you yeah. know, team, yeah. you know, players don't uh, unlike you know in yesteryear probably when we were growing up, you know, where you had players that stayed on the same team for. I mean, you look at you look at those forty nine teams of the eighties and 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 some of the Redskins teams of the eighties, Giants of the eighties. Uh, you know, free agency wasn't prevalent like that, so you know, guys stayed on teams for you know, seven, eight, nine years, you know, their whole career, or at least, you know, the better part of their the prime, up until the prime of their career. So, you know, they, they got a chance to stay with those same teams, and, and you had uh, consistency consistency and continuity throughout the franchise. You know, now, you know, if a guy's on his contract deal, uh, you know, he may or may not be back. Uh, you know, we saw a guy like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Ed Reed, who probably should have stayed in Baltimore maybe taking less money to come back and, you know, possibly play for a contender. You know, grass is always green on the other side. He leaves and goes to Texans. The Texans stink. And, you know, now he's out of a job. And I think, you know, he may or may not catch on with another team, you know, by the end of the season. So it just remains to be seen exactly what's happened. But I think that has to do with it. Um, what about you, people? What's, what's your take on it as far as the inconsistency in the NFL? Um... I think there's a lot of several factors. I think um, you guys pretty much touched on all of them. Um, you know, another thing, too, you know, like I said earlier, a year later, a lot of defensive coordinators, and D always talks about it, you know, they, they, they got the, the book is out on you a, mm-hmm. a year later, you know, and um, that's why you see Colin Kaepernick struggling. Why? Because cause they don't have the read, the read option isn't as dangerous anymore. You know, so 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 teams have taken that away, and um, you know injuries. How many ACL injuries do basketball athletes are going to have? You know, like it's it like is that the new end injury to have? Like it's it's just it's, it's crazy right now. So yeah, I, it I, is. Think, I think a lot of it. You know, football is a you know I, I think one of the most physical sports that you know we have in this country, and. Between the physical nature, the injuries, how great the coaches are, that's why they get paid millions of dollars, not just hundreds of thousands. You know, um, it's it's just a lot of factors. And again, you know, just the parity, that adds to the parity. You never know who's going to win a Super Bowl. But I can guarantee you at the beginning of an NBA season, you could name the top ten teams and one of those teams is going to win. You cannot name the top five teams in the NFL that's going to win a Super Bowl. You you just really can't. You can't. You can't. That is so true. That is so true. Um, So we got about we got about five minutes left, five six minutes left in the show. Um, Let's jump on this last question. Uh, I'll start with you, FIFO. If you could play for any sports franchise in any sport, which one would it be and why? 
Man, um, I already know if I say what I'm going to say, people are just going to say because I'm on, you know, some nuts. I'm like a nut writer. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to put it like this. It's only, it's, and it's simple. It's simple. Because I, and, and B and, and Ken can both attest to this. I would play in the NBA and be a bench warmer and be happy. And you talking about like a couple hundred thousand a year and all I got to do is be a practice dummy? Oh, hell yeah. And the team I would most likely do it for is the Miami Heat. Not because of LeBron, the way, nothing, yes, I am a LeBron fan, whatever. But I'm, I mainly want to be there because of the city. You mean to tell me I'm, I'm partially famous, I got a whole bunch of money, and I'm in Miami? Right. Oh, you damn right. That, that, that's the trifecta right there. I'm good. And that's why I'm going to retire. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Hey, Miami ain't a bad place to retire. <laughs> Especially if you got a pocket full of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, B? Where, if you could play for any sports franchise in any sport, uh, which one would it be and why? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> just one now, just one. Just one sports franchise. Damn. Damn. Oh. Go to Ken. Come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Ken. Ken, you, you got the question, man. Any sports um, franchise? Yeah, this, sport. is, this, is, this is really going to be a little bit odd, man, but it's going to sound a little awkward, but the it New would be Rangers. for the, the Houston Rockets. <laughs> Rockets. Yep, I will okay, play for the Rockets, Rockets man. Uh, I, uh, Akeem is is my favorite player in the NBA of, of all time. Okay. And, um... You know, and and that's why I would like to go play with the same franchise that he played at. You know, and he won two rings. And then Clyde Dressler was one of my other favorite players from the era. And then he came, you know, the following year. So, you know, during that second championship run, and then the way they won those championships. So I got a chance to see two of my favorite players play on the same team and get a ring at the same time because I hated what Jordan did to my, my, my Portland Trailblazers, so it felt like a little bit of redemption. So, I, you know, I'll go play for the Rockets, man. Yeah, I would. Okay, okay, okay. That, that, you, you, you explained it very well. <laughs> what, what about you, oh, B? Uh, who, who, who are we going to play for, man? Who, who, are you lining, who, who are you lining up for, suiting up for uh, a, a sports franchise? Uh, sports franchise. Damn. I mean, I, I don't want to just. I don't. I don't want to say the easy route. I mean, y'all probably know what I'm going to say. It's going to be the Detroit Pistons. Going to be Detroit Pistons, man. Isaiah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just trying to go think outside the box, man. But I, I, I could. I got a Detroit Pistons. I could. Couldn't help myself. Okay, so and, and why the Pistons? I mean. Same reason for Ken, my one of my favorite basketball players growing up, you know, one of my favorite ball players of all time, Isaiah Thomas. So he played there, got got us two championships. You know, he was the heart and soul of the bad boy era, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that Detroit Detroit Pistons. Okay, okay. Oh man, for me it, it's it's funny when I when I came up with this question uh, the answer wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Um, as much as I love football, football is my first love. 
it wouldn't be it wouldn't be to play football. It would be to play basketball. It would actually be to line up, take it to the Bronx, put on those pinstripes, and play for the Yankees. Man, I'm a diehard Yankees fan. Oh um, Lord. You know we we you know I mean come on Ken twenty twenty seven championships baby I mean nobody else has done that in any other sports <laughs> franchise um, so you can hate if you want uh, put me in pinstripes I mean a baseball contract I'm making like twelve eight twelve maybe eight to twelve million a year in New York City yeah. come on man and what about yeah, I mean, taxes though. See, like, like hey, you got to look at me and Ken. I got kids, man. I got tax breaks. <laughs> oh, I feel you. I feel you. But if I was single, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hold up. My wife's not listening. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Yankees, man. Put, put me in New York City. I'm playing for the boss. You know, rest in peace. Uh, you know, George Steinbrenner. Um, yeah, New York Yankees. Hands down. No question about it. Um, right now we get notification. We got about 90 seconds left in the show. I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. Remember, this show is being broadcast live. Uh, so in the event you missed any parts of the show, check out the archives uh, at blogtalkradio.com backslash deadendsports. Uh, also check out the website, deadendsports.com. Um, definitely want to hit us up on Twitter at deadendsports at K-B-I-N-G-E. Uh, at FIFO247, at BZ430, and at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. Uh, also follow the show on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Hit us up, like the page, become a fan of the page. Uh, make sure that you come back next week. We're going to be talking more sports, more sports, more sports. Uh, this is the place where sports opinions collide. So for FIFO, and Ken, and BZ, I'm your host, 12Kyle. That's it for this week. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. 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 Peace out.